the term that you have an electric backside quite a bit when you're in the saddle or perhaps you've even noticed that when you're on a horse that is normally docile and calm he turns into a bit of a well a racehorse a speed demon well don't worry this week we are talking about how you can start disengaging that electricness in your backside and learn how to stop driving all the time with your seat. Hi there, my name is Lorna and I'd like to welcome you to the Daily Strides podcast. Here we do this every single Monday for equestrians all over the world where we take a different topic to do with horse riding and we break it down um, into, I suppose, a way you can understand and you can work with and then you can start building it back up during the week. Now this week, as I mentioned, we're talking about your seat. This is actually part of the Rider Aids collection inside of Daily Strides Premium, but not just that, Rider Aids is a huge kind of a topic. So we've broken it down further. This is part of the Seat Aids collection. And if you would like to get your hands on all the lessons to do with your seat and how you can, I suppose, make better use of it in the saddle, I'm gonna let you know at the end of this how you can do just that. So this is the Monday lesson. It's a very basic overview of what we're going to be talking about for the rest of the week. But the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and Fridays are actually step-by-step instructions for you to follow in the saddle. You simply download the lessons to your phone, pop your phone in your pocket, put your headphones in your ears and on you go. It's like having an instructor in the arena with you. So as I mentioned, I will let you know at the end of this how we can get your hands on all of those lessons. But let us get back to today and back to your electric backside. So and when I first heard that term, the term, you know, oh, an electric backside, because I had one, hey? Um, so when I first heard that term, I kind of, you know, it brought visions of lightning bolts um, shooting out into, into, I suppose, through the saddle into my horse's back. And I think it is a little bit like that. And the thing is, when we learn to ride, um, we very, I suppose, quickly begin to notice that how we sit can actually influence the horse. Now, that's a great thing, okay? So, and of course, becoming a better rider comes down to actually noticing these little nuances to do with um, how you're sitting and how you're using your body. But the thing is, being able to influence the horse is one thing, but being then able to switch that off or to become more subtle through the influences is quite another. And this is where the problem comes in when people are driving with their seat all the time. So, I know there's certain places where, yes, indeedy, you will have to drive with your seat. And what does driving with your seat look like? Oh, we'll talk about that just now. It, uh, people are scrubbing up there with their seats. It's like they're trying to, I don't know, polish the saddle or rub a hole in their horse's back with their backside or something like that. But um, the thing is, you have to know, first of all, when to apply this and also then when to disengage and take it off. Okay, so... Your seat is almost like the gears of a car. You can go up gears, go down gears, but then there's also neutral. And you need to be able to do all three of the above. You need to be able to go up the gears, down the gears, and find neutral before your seat is truly going to be, I suppose, as beneficial as it can be in your riding. And your seat is also, at the end of the day, when we're on our horses, we are kind of aiming towards 
the fact where we can communicate so subtly with our horse about the different things we want to do and it all comes through the seat okay so a lot of riders get a little bit frustrated now you'll see it often in the canter <laughs> in particular and <laughs> um, they get a little bit frustrated perhaps the horse uh, keeps becoming disunited behind so he's changing kind of legs behind but he's not changing in front or perhaps the horse keeps striking off on the wrong lead in canter or even <laughs> even perhaps they ask for the canter and what starts off as a lovely kind of a calm and really relaxed canter quickly turns into like the final furlong of entry so it's really really important that you learn to use your seat correctly because otherwise what tends to happen is you and your horse are having this huge tug of war and nobody benefits from it so when you're scrubbing with your seat, what will very often happen is the horse, because it's a little bit uncomfortable for the horse when you're constantly kind of driving along there with your foot on the gas, um, so to speak. And it's a little bit uncomfortable and you'll find that the horse will very often try and hollow out from underneath you. Now, a lot of riders will, they kind of maybe don't recognize the hollowing out factor of the back and instead they focus on what they can see okay in front of them and what you'll see in front of them is your horse's head and neck would be quite braised and almost bracing against you I would say um using of course the bit in the mouth but not only that it's their whole front end of their body is braced against you but from the ground for somebody who's looking you can actually see that the whole horse is braced against the person it's not just the front end it's uh, everything it's kind of a the, the, there's like this epic battle going on between the rider and the horse and the saddle and your horse doesn't have to be galloping flat to the boards in order for this to happen it can happen in walk trot or canter it's just that canter is often the easiest one to see it so the reason canter becomes so easy to see it is because the rider's movements almost become, I suppose, a little bit exaggerated in the canter, um, or there's, a, I suppose, the potential for them to become a little bit exaggerated in the canter. And what I mean by this, have you ever watched somebody cantering and uh, it's like they're in the 80s and they're on the disco floor and they are just... Ooh, they are dancing. There is serious shoulder movement going on there. But if you kind of take away from the shoulders, so try and draw your eye, and it's difficult, eh? Because everything's saying, look at me. And their shoulders are just going flat to the boards there with the horse. But um, if you kind of draw your eyes down, you'll actually see that a lot of that shoulder movement is stemming from hip movement. Now, we do have to move our hips and our seat when the horse canters. You can't sit there, I suppose, completely stationary and expect your horse to just carry you along. You do have to go with your horse, but moving with your horse and driving your horse are two very, very different things. And this is what riders tend to get a little bit confused about with the canter. So when we're learning to canter, we're told that it's a kind of a rolling motion. You have to roll with the horse. It's almost like an exaggerated motion as what happens in walk, if you can imagine. And riders kind of, they initially, of course, when we're all learning to canter, there ends up being about 12 inches of daylight between the backside and the, and the saddle. And I suppose to try and counteract that, the riders then, as soon as it clicks okay, I have to roll with the horse. And they kind of, they get that feeling, that motion of the moving with the horse. But 
I suppose they get so caught up in the emotion of not leaving the saddle every stride that they tend to kind of take the that that whole feeling and that whole way of riding and they run with it. And what happens is they begin to really and truly drive into the saddle and it looks like driving. You know, if I'm trying to explain it to somebody um, <laughs> who's doing it in the arena and I'll use my hand and it's actually like the if you if you can imagine pushing down with your wrist okay and then bringing the the front of your hand the back of your hand sorry the back of your hand back up kind of towards um your arm and then pushing forward with the heel of your palm okay that is how it looks in the saddle that is how it looks to a person watching you it's like that driving with the if you can imagine the heel of your palm you're using your whole arm strength to drive the heel of your palm forward and then the your upper kind of hand bit and the fingers and all is coming back towards your arm or towards your wrist okay so that's how the people look in the saddle and as you can imagine it uh it's quite it might be effective initially um, in getting going and also in keeping your butt to the saddle but in the long term what's going to end up happening with that is that it leaves the rest of your aids or the rest of your body very much incapable of responding to anything and not only that it's uh, it's almost like your seat is shouting all the time it's it's like screaming even and your horse is then going to not be able to hear or maybe even just tune out everything else that's going on and you don't want that you want riding is a it's a holistic everything has to be included when you're communicating with your horse but they all have to be subtle so as they all can be heard okay and when we're talking about the seat in particular this is so so important so what can you do if you in fact have lightning bolts shooting from your backside when you're in the saddle well the first thing is you need to start learning to follow now you're probably saying yeah but i do follow i just follow awfully well uh, maybe I would say in that case you're less following and more leading okay so you have to learn to kind of take a step back and try and when you're moving your seat or when you're kind of allowing movement through your seat let that movement be guided by your horse okay don't if you can almost think about it you want to do as little as possible in fact you need to begin to find neutral and begin to get used to feeling what neutral is like and only then you can start building back up to first gear second gear third gear and so on and so forth okay but you need to learn how to find neutral you need to learn how to lock off your seat how to shut it down and I'm not talking about getting heavy we're going to talk about that just now I'm not talking about getting heavy but I'm talking about just doing what has to be done okay and and that's it okay now I said just there now about being heavy and this is the other thing that a lot of riders that happens they want to stop driving their horse with their seat and they think that by kind of slouching I suppose all through the upper body and almost just allowing their whole body to become very very heavy on top of the seat that this will happen now yeah definitely it's going to shut down the movement through your seat but 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 the side effect of that is going to be that you're going to 
well, I suppose make it more uncomfortable for your horse, but also make yourself even more ineffective in the saddle. So rather than shutting everything down, what you should try and think about is lifting your upper body up. Now, I'm not saying that you're sitting there with your shoulders up around your ears, okay? No, no, no. When I'm talking about your upper body, your rib cage we're really talking about, okay? So you want to, you know, there's a kind of a space, it's your waist, it's between where your ribs kind of, where you can feel them and they end, and then you've got this kind of gap, and then your hips are, um, yeah, your hip bones kind of begin, okay? That's the space you want to try and lift up through, okay? And then as well, opening up your chest. But in doing so, you'll find that it frees up your hips and your pelvis and your seat to begin moving with the horse. And in doing so, that is where you need to be at to then try and get into neutral and disengage the seat. <laughs> um, so as you're just doing the bare minimum, and as I say, you're being now led by your horse, okay? So you have to learn to do this as I mentioned, before you can then begin to use your seat as a driving tool again, and then you want to overuse it. Okay, I'm going to leave it at that for today, but as I mentioned, this week, tomorrow and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, we're going to be chatting all about the seat. We're going to be taking each of the gates one by one, going through it and doing some exercises there that will just help to, I don't know, calm things down a little. Okay, we want to put out the fire underneath your backside. We want things to be to be enjoyable for you and your horse, and not that it's a constant tug of war. If you would like to join us, you can pop on over to stridesforsuccess.com forward slash join, and you'll see there that it's all about Daily Strides Premium, and you'll see there's a bit about the collections. And as I mentioned, this is part of the Rider Aids collection, but we kind of had to break things down, so it's actually part of the Seat Aids collection, um, but all inside the Rider Aids. When you become a Daily Strides Premium member, you get all the lessons. You don't have to choose between anything. They're all in there for you to download and listen to on your horse. Okay, I'm going to leave it at that, and I hope you have an absolutely fantastic week. I'll chat to you soon. Be good. Bye.